Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year. Unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and it is now the 8th day of July 2016, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. I'm not going to get talking about uh, current events or anything. I just... I'm just going to say this, and if anyone has offend, is offended by this statement, because I've said some things and people have been for some reason offended by some of the things I've said. If you're offended by what I'm about to say, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, can we just stop shooting people? Can we just stop? Can we just have just have people, you know, I mean, there's got to be, a way to deal with things without shooting people, right? I mean, it's just exhausting. Every day you read, there's another horrible thing, and someone is gone, and, and I'm just, I'll just say that. Whatever you think, whatever you feel, whatever you think, is, can we just stop shooting people? It's exhausting. And the arguments and this and that, and I said, can we agree on that? Can we agree that we can just stop shooting people. Is that something we can agree on? We can't agree on anything else in the world. Can we agree to stop shooting people? That's all I'm going to say on that. If you are offended by that statement, um, then you're part of the problem. So, uh, all right, this is a respite. There's so many horrible things going on that you, you come to a place like Sully Baseball Daily to hear about the fun things. Hey, uh, one fun thing is if go to iTunes, uh, subscribe to a podcast called the Indiana Jones Minute, and if you listen to the last three episodes, you listen to the episodes uh, from the July uh, 6th, 5th, and, and uh, yeah, the 5th of July, the 6th of July, and the 7th of July, uh, your pal Sully was a guest on the, on the Indiana Jones Minute. And that was a lot of fun to talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark on that podcast. And also, uh, while you're subscribing to podcasts not called this one, check out Real Crime Profile, which is the other podcast I produce. Uh, guests, uh, we have uh, our hosts, uh, Jim Clemente, Laura Richards, and Lisa Zambetti, where they go over all sorts of things involving crime and, and a lot of television shows involving crime, like the people for Soj Simpson and... and Making a Murderer. We've been talking about Oscar Pistorius, and we've also been doing some other stuff. And check that out. I'm done plugging things. Well, let's just talk about some things that are starting to happen in baseball right now. And that is, we're fast approaching the tr- the uh, uh, the All Star Game. And when the All Star Game comes around, you're going to start hearing more and more about trades and people are going to be traded. And whether or not Carlos Gonzalez is probably going to be traded, maybe Julio Turan is going to be traded. But the one trade did happen, and that was my Red Sox picked up Aaron Hill. Now, Aaron Hill is, I think he's going to be a good fit with the Red Sox. I think he is the kind of home run power that you expect to see will you know go over well. 
I saw a couple of things about the spray chart. Now, I'm always a little bit wary when I hear things about the spray chart because, you know, that I, I heard that about Carl Crawford. I heard that about Adrian Gonzalez. It's like, oh, this is how they hit in this park, and just imagine how they'll hit in Fenway. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I buy it, but it gives the Red Sox some depth. I mean, the Red Sox lineup has been exquisite. They've been able to score at will. And they have pop, and they have a high batting average, and they have a high slugging percentage, a high on base percentage. You bring in Aaron Hill, it's going to give them depth. He'll be able to spell Dustin Pedroia, he'll be able to spell Travis Shaw, be able to fill in at first base, be able to give some people a rest from time to time. You know, it doesn't solve the main issue for the Red Sox, which is the damn rotation. You know, Price has not been much of anything. And by the way, Kimbrell has been a bunch of crap. I don't know how he's an all-star. Uh, I mean, Wright's been terrific. Porcello's been fine. And the rest of their bullpen, and the rest of their rotation, sorry, including Price, stinks. Now, you know, I'm all for making changes and improvements here and there, but if the Sox want to actually win this division, yikes, you got to do something about the rotation. But the thing I find very strange is, and the, the Red Sox traded um, a pitcher named Aaron Wilkerson and an infielder named Wendell Rio to Milwaukee to get Aaron Hill, to get this depth. And I have no idea, Wilkerson and Rio, I don't know what, if they're going to turn out to be major leaguers or not, but that's what it took to pry Hill. Now, I wasn't even thinking about Hill. I probably should have. And he is going to be a free agent at the end of the year, so he's not like a long-term problem. You know, he's going to walk probably at the end of this year. And, you know, he's still, he's having a decent year with Milwaukee. He can play third base, he can play second base. And the minute I saw this, I thought, wait a minute. Why the hell didn't the Giants do that? I mean, for the Red Sox, he gives them some nice depth and, you know, gives them some, a little bit of flexibility. The Giants desperately need someone like Aaron Hill. I mean, am I wrong? I mean, the fact that he can play second and third base and has experience in the National League West, I don't know if that matters much of anything, but you have tons of problems with the Giants, who's, you know, their main need is to fill in the bullpen, but they've been having a ton of injuries to their infield with Panic, with Duffy, you know, and just to have that depth and be able to have Hill go back and forth between second and third wherever he's needed. I, that seemed like an ideal trade. I mean, I'm, you know, find the equivalent, Giants. I'm sure you could have found the equivalent of Aaron Wilkerson and Wendell Rio somewhere in your in your uh, farm system. I mean, look, I'm a Red Sox fan, so I'm glad the Red Sox got him. They still need the still doesn't fix their main problem, but I don't get. I mean, how did the Red Sox beat the Giants for Aaron Hill, and the Marlins beat the Giants for Fernando Rodney? You know, Giants are the best organization in baseball. The Giants, as of this recording, with the fact, with the final that the Cubbies lost, the the Giants are now tied in the loss column with the Chicago Cubs. The Giants now have two more wins than the Cubs, so the Giants have the most wins in baseball, and are tied with the fewest losses in baseball. As of right now, the San Francisco Giants are the best team in baseball. So I suppose I can't complain too much. 
as this team is on the pace, they're playing 621 ball, which means they are currently on a pace. Hold on a second. If they, if I did this wrong here, forgive me. So if they're playing at a clip of 621, I'm sure this is riveting to hear you hitting the calculator function on here, but I'm not going to cut this out. So if they play at that pace, they're on pace to win 100 games. Actually, on pace to win, if you round it up, win 101 games. So, uh, you know, it's not like the Giants are, are doing badly, but it's like what I said the other day. Fill in those holes now. You don't have to worry about in October. And next thing you know, that even year thing sticks. I, they need to start beating some of these teams to the punch because I do think Fernando Rodney and Aaron Hill would mean a lot. Hey, uh, the other day, Urban Santana owned baseball. Urban Santana is having a... Well, I mean, don't look at the win-loss record because he plays for the Twins and the Twins stink. And you know, he's having an okay year. Nothing great. His ERA plus is 107, which is means he's slightly above average. But he's, you know, he's a veteran pitcher. He's played a lot. He's he's logged a bunch of years. How many years has he got? I sometimes think when you see a player who you remember when they came up from the minors, you still think of them sometimes as a minor league, or at least I know I do. But that this is his 12th season in the major leagues. Most of them have been with the Angels. Um, and now he's been kind of bouncing around between KC, Atlanta, and Minnesota. He's had some bad luck. He shows up with the Angels in 05, three years after they win the World Series. He plays his one season in Kansas City before they win back-to-back pennants, and now he's with the Twinkies. Now, he is he threw a complete game shutout the other day, and while he's not having a great season, he's okay. He's doing okay. And a bunch of years in his career, he, you know, he's thrown you know, 200 or more innings. If you're a team that needs just a major league pitcher, Nothing great, just a major league pitcher. Someone like Irvin Santana is going to be quite attractive. And he must be looking up and saying, hey, wait a minute, the Red Sox could use someone like that. Baltimore, who's in first place, could use someone like that. Texas, who's had some injuries, could use someone like that. We see that the Mets have had a ton of injuries, including they'll probably lose Harvey for the season, could use someone like that. The Dodgers, who are holding on to a playoff spot, by the, 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 the tips of their fingernails, could use someone like that. These are high-profile teams with big-time pennant aspirations that could use Irvin Santana. And those teams, while they shouldn't give up their top prospects for him by any stretch of the imagination, could look at someone like Santana and say, huh, he's at least worth a decent player, if, you, if the Twins could play a bunch of these teams off of each other and maybe throw in one other player from their Major League roster, maybe throw in a Fernando Abad, maybe throw in a uh, – who else could they possibly throw in? I think Kevin Jepsen. I think he's hurt. But throw in uh, – um, I don't know. I'm not, what am I, a GM? I don't know. But throw in a, another Major League. Throw in a uh, – uh, Tommy Malone, is he healthy? Throw in a Tommy Malone. Throw in a Ricky Nolasco. If you say, okay, well, you're going to get Irvin Santana and Ricky Nolasco, okay? 
and you're a team that desperately needs to have any depth in pitching, a package like that, even though, you know, Nolasco is, is uh, well, he's not exactly having a great year either. But you can say, well, look, we got two major league pitchers, and that might be worth one good prospect. Now, the Twins got to do something like that because the Santana contract is going to go on for another couple of years, and enough of these teams may be desperate enough that that would pry them loose from that obligation to, to pay Urban Santana. And the reason why I find that to be kind of interesting, in fact, more than kind of interesting, really interesting, and I brought this up earlier in the year, but it's, it's, it's raising its head right now in a way that makes me think this could be quite an interesting season for what is right now one of the worst teams in baseball, the Minnesota Twins. The Minnesota Twins have a ton of talent. They have some really good young players, whether it's the Byron, uh, the, uh, Byron Buxons of the world, the Max Keplers of the world, the Miguel Sanos of the world. They're all going to be fine players, even though some of them are slumping right now. And with Santana and Nolasco, who you could possibly pawn off, the Twins have two more years of Maurer, a few more years of Phil Hughes, and one more year of Perkins, and then, they have, then they've got nothing. Then they have no long-term commitments with their, with their contract. You know, Maurer's going to stick around to the end of 2018, and that'll be the end of that. And, you know, that contract probably didn't turn out the way they wanted to, but he's still going to be, a, you know, in the end, he'll be a fan favorite and blah, 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 blah. Their team is filled with a lot of young talent, and you're starting to see they have a ton of shortstops in their system. And you have someone like Nick Gordon is coming up fast to their system. You have the Jorge Polancos of the world who has already come in and played a little infield at the major league level. You've seen the Jose uh, uh, Barrios, uh, Barrios, sorry, who's been their top pitching prospect. He didn't have great success, but he's, still, he's only 21, 22 years old. You see Tyler J who is another pitcher who's coming up fast in their system. You see Steven Gonsalves, uh, Gonsal, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm saying it for the first time, but he's, he's coming up through the system. Cole Stewart, another pitcher coming up through the system, looks good in Chattanooga. And you have these young players, as I said before, some are already up in the majors, but some coming up through the farm. And they're probably going to have, if not the number one pick overall, in this year's draft, or in next year's draft, then pretty dang close to it. So they can be in a position to draft a potential franchise player. And with that in mind, they could really, this is an, this is an instance with the Twins, that it might be worth it to attach things and attach players to Santana in a potential trade for the purpose of giving a team quantity so they can get, if, if they could unload, you know, as I said, Nolasco and Santana to a team where they're hoping that you have two major league pitchers who have had success and said, okay, maybe we can catch lightning in a bottle for about two and a half months. The most important thing for the Twins is to get a quality prospect, not quantity. I don't know what those two guys for Aaron Hill that Milwaukee got from Boston. I don't know if they're going to pan out. If it 
they could say, hey, look, at here's a guy we think could pan out. Here's a guy who's maybe it's a single layer, whatever it is. But it's more important if it's a two-for-one with the Twins giving up two-for-one. It's more important that they get a quality prospect in whatever move they make. And as was reported in um, uh, Jason Stark basically said that everyone who isn't nailed down, it could be traded from the Twins, which means Fernando Abad, which means Eduardo Nunez, which means Plouffe, which means Nolasco. And that's, I mean, when you, take a, when you really take a look at what some of those names mean, when you take a look at the fact that someone like a, you know, a Trevor Plouffe could be a quality player on a major league roster when he comes off the disabled list. Someone like Brian Dozier, you know, team needs a infielder. Guy's got some pop. You know, Eduardo Nunez made the damn all-star team. I mean, they have to trade Nunez now because they could say, hey, you get yourself an all-star shortstop. He's been a career utility man his whole life. Batting 316 this year with a high OPS for him. You know, they got to take it. They got to sell high on something. Some of these times you, you got to sell high and have that all-star. And, you know, if they can trade, it's important for the Twins, if they can get two or three really good young players, they've got a bunch of pitchers coming up through their system, if they can get, and they, they have a ton of young outfielders, they've got some good, solid young infielders, if they can get, like, a good catcher of the future or a big slugger for the future. This is a team that last year had a winning record. They've had some down luck. They've had some dumb luck. They've had some bad luck. They've had some injuries. They've had some slumps. Clear out those veteran players. Bring in a couple of young players in exchange for them and pick number one or two overall. And next thing you know, you're going to see a Twins team that could realistically put together a legit contender in 2018 or 2019. If some of these players pan out, if the Buxtons and, this, and the, uh, um, uh, the, the Keplers and the Sanos become, become quality players, absolutely. They're one year removed from a winning season, and you can plug in their farm system in a way that we, you know, maybe not as, as deliberate a, you know, a, a, a teardown as the Astros had in 2013 and 2012, but still turn it around really quickly. This is where the Twins GM, who is uh, um, uh, Terry Ryan, and their scouting report and everything like that, they need to make, they can't blow this. This is a real opportunity to turn a Twins team around quickly. Good prospects already in the system. Clearing out veteran space, which will give some of their prospects a chance to play. And prospects coming up through the system, chance to bring in young players, and a chance to bring in a number one or two overall draft pick. Wow. If they do it right, this could be that one step forward to one to five steps back that the Twins desperately need. Because right now, Buxton and a bunch of them were already considered to be top prospects. They have a chance to bring in another one. Now, maybe it could be the ace of the future. Maybe it could be the slug of the future. I don't know. I don't know who's number one overall next year, and neither do you. But the fact of the matter is this. When a team has a chance to rebuild 
and potentially contend almost simultaneously. Not that the Twins are going to contend this year. They're going to be a 100-loss team. But don't be surprised if the 2017 Twins are good if Terry Ryan does his job and gives the team that much-needed jolt. So, Irvin Santana, whose people were criticizing that contract when they signed him, the fact of the matter is he could bring in a young player, a good young player. And with the picking so slim, that's where, I mean, this is the main point I'm making. The pickings are slim if you want a major league pitcher to acquire and bring into your team. There's not a big, huge selection of aces. A few years ago, Lester, Price, Samarjna, they all exchanged teams at the trade deadline. Last year you had Price again, and you had, um, you know, what's his doodle? Cole Hamels and Johnny Cueto. You had aces out there who were moving across. There are not a lot of aces to be had right now. And suddenly, when supply and demand are on your side, focus on quantity, quality over quantity. Focus on saying who's the best player, even if it's someone who's going to be two or three years away, as opposed to, well, we got three players back from her, blah, blah, blah. I mean, how often do you see a trade going, yeah, they got these three names never to be heard from again. And I have a slight feeling that Wendell Rio and Aaron Wilkerson may be two of those types of players that the Red Sox gave up to get Aaron Hill. No offense, Aaron Wilkerson. No offense, Wendell Rio. I wish you both the luck, and I hope you become major leaguers. In fact, you're both cordially invited to be on the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast, who own baseball, for the seventh day of July 2016. Nick Markakis of the Braves uh, hit a pair of home runs, and they beat the Cubs 4-3. to Kurt Suzuki of the Twins, I just mentioned him. Uh, homered single, and the Twins clobbered the Rangers 10-1. to uh, Drew Pomerantz, seven shutout innings. Uh, Padres beat the Dodgers 6-0. Hector Santiago struck out nine rays, and the Angels won 5-1 over Tampa. Um, half wops. James Paxton threw only 78 pitches over eight innings, but the Royals walked off victors. Uh, Jason Kipnis went two for four and hit a homer, but the Indians lost to the Yankees. And on a wild slugfest, Daniel Murphy singled and homered, drove in three, but the Nats lost to the Mets 9-7. So if you're keeping score at home, Hector Santiago, Nick Marcakis, Kirk Suzuki, and Drew Pomerantz got full wops, half wops to Jason Kipnis, James Paxton, and Daniel Murphy. Go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, serve at iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 8th day of July 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.